Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, Doctor Who fans! Welcome back! We're here talking classic Doctor Who, the ultimate nostalgia. Nostalgia so far back, we are too young to remember it. <laughs> I'm your host, Zach Wilson, and we're talking Edge of Destruction. Uh, joining me on today's panel, uh, I have the fantastic Katie Collins. Hi, all my buddies. And uh, welcome for the first, first time on Classic Who, Jesse Klein. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Um... You guys might have seen Jesse on the uh, modern Doctor Who panel. Yeah, having a lot of fun there. Yeah, where we've been like dissecting in the insanity of season eight. Yeah, season eight, series part two, whatever. We're talking season one. If they even had it, called them seasons at that point. Yeah, I don't think they did. Just the first. But it's the third serial, the third episode or the third story, if you will, uh, the Edge of Destruction, which we last left our heroes. Um, the TARDIS was out of control, mm-hmm. by which the camera was shaking. Must be lot. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Camera was shaking and everyone was doing this. Ah! <laughs> I mean, that's the funniest part about watching these. Like, you know that, like, they didn't shake the set. Even today, they don't shake sets. So that's yeah. just unnecessary. They shake the camera yeah. and have, have everybody pretend. Stabilized Star Trek shot where they keep <laughs> the camera and kind of show how the people were acting. Somebody, you could easily do that to a lot of these classic Who oh, episodes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, you just have William Hartnell like, like <laughs> running around. And then falling on the doing floor. This? Yeah. He does like, fall. How did you not hurt yourself? Or did I guess they didn't. They probably didn't have stunt doubles back then. They might have. I don't know. I just uh, keep thinking of Chevy Chase, who did all these falls and now has massive back problems because of it. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll we'll never know with William Hartnell, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but anyone, so yeah. we we open up on the Doctor passed out. They escaped mm-hmm. Scaro and the Doctor, and now and then the, the ship went all wonky, and the Doctor's on the floor. Everyone's like Ian coming out. Car- yeah. Ian yeah. fell into a chair. Yeah, C- comfy. <laughs> um, Susan out as well. Yeah, everyone's out. Yeah, at this point. Um, but and then they start to come to, and everyone's sort of like, "Where am I? What? Who yeah. am I?" Barb's comes in, starts taking care of people, getting water. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. at first she doesn't even know who Ian is. Yeah. like they're clearly very concussed. Yeah. Well, and I thought for sure that there was some memory issues going on, that whatever had happened had wiped at least their recent memories, because the first thing Ian says to Barbara is, oh, are you working late tonight? Yeah, that like, was fun. Um, radiation poisoning? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we did just did just come from a radioactive planet. Maybe that has something to do with it. It seemed like Susan was affected the most out of all of them, though. Yeah, like, and I mean, yeah. this is early days where the fact that they're aliens is almost like not a thing. Yeah, it's a non-entity. Um, his heart seems all right, and I was <laughs> like one? waiting for something to happen, and then of course I realized like, oh, they have not established that. Yet. He has more than one. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely yelling at the screen. Okay, which one? Yeah, which one is okay? And if like if he was just listening to the doctors, we know him. He would have been like, oh my god, what's wrong with this man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Um. But he wakes up and he's mumbling in his sleep as they're all trying to figure out just what's going on. And I thought it was very, I thought this was a part where it starts to get interesting. I can't take you back, Susan. I can't. Huh. Yeah. Which is probably about taking her back to school, right? Yeah, like, to, yeah. to Gallifrey. To Gallifrey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like an old memory coming to the surface, which is, um, it just reminded me of this past week. A lot of this first half reminded me, it was so eerie almost how much it felt like the last week's episode of modern doctor who yeah that we just got it was they were just in the tardis there's something that they think there's something there yeah but they can't see it and they're scared out of their minds yeah it's hard to tell which episode had more plot holes the new one this week (laughs) or the old one this week i think the new one this week yeah the new one this week was like cheesecloth well if you do want to hear more about that episode you can tune into the uh, doctor who Season eight panel that Jesse and I and uh, also Maui, Matt Lieberman, and uh, Megan Salinas were on earlier yeah. this week. You can just imagine my commentary. <laughs> um, but so, but but there are some interesting parallels, and they're running around because they they don't know what's wrong. Yeah. Even the doctor's not sure what's wrong, which is always scary. I think if you're traveling with the doctor, yeah, for sure, he's supposed to be in charge. And uh, Susan gets taken to a bed, sweet Tardis bed. That was They're awesome. Like, I love that there's a bed coming out of the wall. Pulled out of the wall. And, like, people are supposed to go to sleep on it. Just no <laughs> no cover at all. Later on, when they go to sleep, they're just kind of like, like that. In this the, is in not at lounge. all awkward. Yeah. It's like the it's the Gallifrey ver- Gallifreyan version of a Murphy bed. Yeah. Exactly. Good for your posture. Supports both your hearts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they keep trying to get water. And the TARDIS says they're out of water. But this was still, one of the things that there's a, there's a few points in this episode that are a little confusing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Part of it, was, like the backstory of this episode, at least what I could find, was that this is this, for those of you that don't know the term. This is the most basic definition of a bottle episode. Sure. Which, if you don't know what that means, it's when a show has to keep a whole episode in one location. They're stuck in a bottle for budget reasons. Yeah. In this case, they I think they were given a 13 episode order. Originally, and this was episodes twelve and thirteen, and they'd run out of budget basically with the caves and the Daleks sure. and like the cavemen. Like they had just run through all of their sets at that point because cavemen or, are expensive. Yes, yeah. evidently. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to build like that's the thing they couldn't oh, no, go where today you would just go to some caves and like a little bit of set design and you're done. Back then, it all had to be built. Yeah. So yeah. they had just run out of money, and th- so they did. They already had the TARDIS set, so they piece together a story that could do two full episodes in one location. Yeah. Super easy, super cheap. And they didn't even have any extras. Mm-mm. That's true. Not a single extra. It was just the main cast. Or like an effects shot for them. Like there was no... Yeah. There was no... There was like, the, like the lights coming up really hot, but yeah. that's just like over... Like 
the, opening over, the folk, the, exposure yeah. or something like turning that. the lights or, up a lot. or like a creature effect or anything like that. There was none of that in these two episodes. It was just them and the TARDIS. Basically, I was talking about it felt like a teleplay. Like it was a lot of like chewing up scenery, which I I know a lot. Of, I love <laughs> I love TV from this time because it has that very teleplay feel. Like the cool the cool visual of Susan with the scissors and like the shadow behind her. With like, why does the doctor have those scissors? Number one, those are those are clearly killing scissors. Have you <laughs> ever tried to function without scissors? The second you don't have scissors, you need them. Yeah. I, oh yeah, I have scissors, but they're half as big as those scissors. The <laughs> really? Only, you the have only, wimpy scissors. I, I just don't have giant the precision scissors. Is what they are. Shears. I don't, I, I don't have giant flesh scissors. Like, really? Those are, those no. are huge. What kind yeah. of house do you run? Just I, I just cut paper like a like a regular. Human. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that I have was giant flesh shears. Yeah, sure. I've had them since fifth grade. Sure. That was the big like. There's something crazy going exactly. on here. Like, what's wrong with these people? She this jabbed felt at like Ian. midnight. The uh, Tenth Doctor episode, Midnight. Which which there, episode was that? That was the one on the Diamond Planet where Donna was at the spa and he was taking the bus trip with the mm-hmm. bus trip with about half a dozen other people and a flight attendant. Where you're all in one place, something's in there with you, but you don't know what. Everyone's acting completely out of character and wacko, and it's terrifying because you never really see what's causing it. So yeah. the first half of this felt like Midnight. The second half didn't make a lick of sense, but the first <laughs> half felt like midnight. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I like where it went. It was. It, this is one of those episodes that's like really setting up what we take for granted. I think in Modern sure. Who, which is the TARDIS as, and as we'll get into as we get towards that yeah. in the episode, like as a living being, yeah, as a, a as a as a yeah, exactly yeah. as a character, yeah. just as important, if not more so, than the Doctor. Yeah. The TARDIS has remained more consistent than any other character on the show. Yeah, and it and it and it and it worked really well as like a suspense episode. Like the fact that the doors were open and everyone was worried that there was something on the ship and that fed into Susan's fear. She got the scissors back again. <laughs> it's like hold on to the scissors. Once the girl tries to stab Ian with scissors, she doesn't get scissors. Your scissor privileges are gone. That was like <laughs> no more scissors. It's like me at 3 years old when a girl asked me to cut her hair oh, and Did you? She asked me to. Oh, no. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to use scissors in the Yeah, exactly. That. Susan is a young Zach after having a girl ask her to cut the hair. It's the same rule. Once you try and stab your teacher with scissors, you don't get scissors. You don't even get the safety scissors you after don't, that. You don't get anything sharp. Like, how did she get it again? And that thing with Barbara with her back to her, and she's like, give me the scissors, Susan. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, she when when Susan grabbed the... Well, because the doors keep... The doors open. Like, yeah. For no reason. Yeah. And, and no one's it. really sure what's going on. And uh, every time Ian walks towards them, they close. He yeah. walks away and they open again. It's just like, they don't like you. Yeah. It's like some, and we're left wondering what is causing this. Like, yeah. they, is there somebody opening the door? We don't see anybody in there. It's an invisible person. Is there somebody coming in and out of the doors? Well, and Susan posits that maybe it's hiding in one of them mm-hmm. where it was like, Everyone was getting like these pains in the back of their neck and passing out and I was like, Oh, maybe that's maybe that's like the thing leaving them and like jumping to another person. That's how it 
gets them. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking because it was like, oh, maybe every time they get close to that panel, like it's too much radiation or something like that for whatever's inside of them because they couldn't they couldn't touch any of the instruments. instruments except for one panel on the control panel. And so, like, I was like, oh, maybe it's a thing leaving. It, it didn't end up being that way. But for a while, it was like, oh, there's, like, something possessing them and, like, jumping from person to person. That yeah. could, it could yeah. be really cool. And that's, like I said, it felt like midnight. <laughs> yeah. That's what somebody else saw that. Yeah. And then they're, like, years down the line, <laughs> like, 45 years later, guys, I got an idea. Invisible possessed people on a train. Giant, uh, let's giant do it. Scissors. Let's get giant tenants. scissors. <laughs> Maybe not so much the scissors. Those didn't make it through TSA. Yeah, that's true. Um, but so, but that's where Susan just like loses it. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, Barbara's like, that's like when a bear comes at you. Yeah. You don't run away because they're gonna come at you further. Yeah. You get, you walk towards them and get in their face. She's like, Susan, drop the scissors. Walk away. I'm your teacher. <laughs> I'm your teacher. I need to put down the weapon. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which works. Well, she, like, struggled for him. And again, I was like, oh, don't get stabbed. I know that you're not going to get stabbed because it's the 1960s, but don't get stabbed. And, well, so they eventually calms her down. But at this yeah. point, like, tensions are super high between everyone. The levels of trust, like, the trust issues are coming to the forefront. Doctor's rocking a head bandage. Yeah. Which is like... The color will disappear when the ointment sinks in. And when it's done, it'll all be healed. It's yeah. like, um, this is just your excuse to have, like, three or four different headbands. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's a okay. nice little, like, easy-to-pull-off sci-fi tool. Of, like this is the future. Like you press a button and a packet of water will show up. You uh, just wrap this bandage. Don't even do anything to it, and it will heal the wound in a matter of an hour. Did anyone else want a packet of water? That water looked delicious. <laughs> I know, right? Like even from the cameras back then, I was like, ah, oh, that water's got to be great. Well, yeah, it's packet. 106 degrees in LA right now. That's true. That's true. That's probably why. I, when they opened it up, I was like. Is that a like a drip bag? Yeah. Yeah. Are they gonna give him his fluids via IV? I would just I would throw people water so much more if water came in packets like that because it's just a water balloon basically. Yeah, you know in like, Canada milk comes like that. What in a bag? Yeah, and then you have a little what? pitcher and you cut the corner off and you put it. Yeah, totally bag milk. It's a Canadian thing. Thirty Rock taught me that. Did Thirty Rock teach you that? Yeah. My Canadian yes. friends taught me that, <laughs> I, I, and I laughed at her until she showed me pictures. I didn't it's like know holy. That. Um, if there's more weird Canada stuff, please tweet at us. <laughs> um, um, you know not what you ask. <laughs> yeah, dude, Canada's a weird country. Anyway. <laughs> Hi, Canada. We love you. We do love Canada. I'm just saying you're weird. Um, we're, we're, we're Dr. Who hosts. I like Victoria. Um, <laughs> all right. It's a great city. Yeah. Um, but so at this point, the, doctor, the doctor's trying to figure out, like, where they are. He's like, we're, we're, we have landed somewhere. There's yeah. another case of, like, he doesn't know where they're going again must be tuesday and they keep on they keep on looking at the thing the, at the scanner and it's all stationary yeah. um, images and we it, were there four weeks yeah, ago yeah but as we the doctor says where is not as important as why mm-hmm. which is like again just like very just like classic who like classic yeah. doctor quotes yeah. like every doctor says this, like more oh, or less same i thing. wrote down some great doctor quotes from this episode but there's the some way. amazing ones yeah, when he gets to accusing them and like he and ian like have this huge philosophical because he starts he basically thinks that Ian and Barbara 
have sabotaged the TARDIS because they want the he wants them to take them back to England. The only person who's sabotaged the TARDIS so far has been the Doctor, exactly. which they quickly remind him yeah. at that point. Like, well, yeah. and then Susan is freaking out because she knows that they're. They're worried that somebody got on the ship and they're lying to her, trying yeah. not to scare her. And she's like, don't lie to me. Yeah. Um, and that reminded me very much of, like, Smith's doctor, like, when sure. he gets mad, like, don't lie to me. Like, that's, like, the big thing with a lot of the modern ones is you are, a, like, a guest. Like, it's like, you yeah. lie all the time. But yeah. the instant you lie to the doctor... No. Well, in this episode, he's like, "We we have to treat you like enemies." Like he says that to them, and was full on ready to like be like, "Well, you, it's obvious that you sabotaged the TARDIS, and we are going to you have to leave. We're going to kick you out. Doesn't matter when we are or where we are. Uh, we could be in the middle of space. That's Bye. where you're going." <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's right. The doctor's a soldier. Like, he's, he's like full on practical logic over anything else, especially this doctor. And like, well, he doesn't want to be a soldier. He doesn't want to be a soldier. He'll never join the army. Exactly. But, (laughs) but he is, but he's like pure logic. And especially at the end of the episode, he says, like, it looks like your instincts beat out my logic, which I think was maybe the theme they were trying to hit. They didn't hit it as hard as they could. But I, it, it kind of reminds you of like how uh, how just practical this doctor is, and like it's just like, oh, you guys are sabotaging, you're out of the TARDIS. Like, well, I think he's like, also stunningly selfish. He's incredibly yes. selfish, but he's just he's just, at heart. I think he's a scientist. Like yeah. is his big yeah. thing. Like he's he's all about the exploration, um, and he just he has problems with his ship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when he gets in that argue, well, so he gets in that huge. Uh, argument with Barbara specifically, and like it, it gets really tense. And they're like, "How would how would he talk to us like this?" And then he comes back, and he's got like a tray of drinks. And he's like, "Super <laughs> nice." Up. That was super funny because like, he just like pops out, and then he's just like, "Hey guys, let's he, all be friends." He yells would at you them. Would you like some tea? He yells at them, and then and, and then like lets them deal with the fact that he yelled at them, and comes back with tea. And it's like, yeah, a nightcap before we go to bed. It's like, uh, what? And it turns Obviously, out- my companions have the same object permanence as cats. <laughs> I've been gone for 30 seconds, so everything is okay. And it, it turns out they drugged them. Except, <laughs> except for Ian, who suspected it and apparently, like, pretended to drink it or whatever that we find out later. But he has this argument with Ian where, man, he has some great lines. One of them is, uh, a rash action is worse than no action at all, which is like such a great like meaty line to give. And another one was a uh, one man's law is another man's crime. I like that, which is also a really meaty line. And to he's give. just like, look, you might think this is not cool, but I think it's cool. Yeah. So we're going by space law. Everything's <laughs> <laughs> better in space. Space, uh, space law. Says law. I can kick you out. Okay, and so Sparks, Nevada. while they're doing that, they're, they're still trying to figure out what's going on on the scanner. Yeah. Which, like, I thought it was very interesting. They, they drop like this, like, random because they'll say, "Oh, that's probably England. That looks like England. Yeah, that's a planet. That's the solar system. Um, that's the planet Quinnis in the fourth universe. Yeah, which I okay. guess, which is never." Like revisited. Mm. I, I checked because I was like really curious like, if they like eventually go universe? to Planet yeah. Quinnis. Are they not? And they never reference Fourth Universe. Yeah, 
maybe we're in like the the second one, and like who knows what's in the first well, one? It's probably six one six. That's Spider Man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, X-Men. and I think the third one has dirigibles and Cybermen. Ooh. Six one six Earth two. Earth two. You know. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're just Shattered crossing glass. over all just kinds all. of different places. Just Shattered glass. Sure. <laughs> um, the, the requisite transformers. Somewhere anyway. there's like Rose and Ten running around <laughs> in Universe Four. Well, sure. that's the same one with Zeppelins and Cyber yeah. Cybermen. Wow. Uh, we have fun universe to live. It's well, probably well, number four. Well, while yeah. while Ian and the Doctor are kind of like having this fight. Uh, yeah, and like that was the cliffhanger of the midway. Yeah, like is he, like he hand the hands come in. Yeah, which is the classic. I love uh, classic British Avengers, uh, and uh, it's about like these two spies, and they know karate, which in the sixties meant you were a superhero. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but in sixties, and you can see it in like old um, James Bond movies as well. The go-to move is the strangle by just grabbing someone's shoulders. Not yeah. the neck, it's just the shoulders. And that is such a powerful move. That and the chop on a shoulder like could take anyone out in the 1960s. Body chop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, uh, he, yeah, he just grabs it. And the doctor turns around, like, in his grip. In his, yeah. like, what's theoretically an attempt to strangle. He's yeah. just like... Let me turn around. And gives a great, like, look, just like, oh. <laughs> Evidently, what I've seen on television isn't working. Yeah. I mean, I guess he is an old man still. Yeah. So he's yeah. not the strongest. I mean, we've seen that this doctor is not strong physically. No. Yeah. He's not action doctor. No. He's uh, not. We get that later. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, <laughs> oof. <laughs> he's, he's dying of radiation poisoning instead of, like, fighting it off. Yeah. While uh, he runs around and says goodbye to a bunch of people. Well, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I would say too soon, but it's not. Uh, You're going to piss off a lot of the commenters on that one. He also, I'm not saying anything about it being bad. I'm just saying the differences. But also, oh, no. Also, before that, so Barbara gets clearly drugged. Like, she's, like, a, like falling asleep and, like, talking to herself. Uh, and as that happens, Susan starts to come to and, like, apologizes to her. Like, finally, we see Susan kind of come out of whatever haze she's been in, and, like, we start to see Susan be a human again, instead of, like, weird, stu- put down the scissors, Susan. Like, also, instead. what was with the, the, like, yeah. identical dresses that, that the, so the two weird. women were wearing? Yeah. Sleeping gowns. Yeah, Is that what they I... were? At first, when I, at first I noticed Susan, I was like, oh, that's, like, her, like, alien... Costume, like yeah. it looks kind of weird, and then I noticed it was, or Barbara was wearing it too. And they were like really high on the neck. They looked really uncomfortable. Whatever they were, they, they looked like smocks, Gallifreyan pajamas. Yeah. I don't know because because the also 60s. also Ian's in a smoking jacket. Yes. <laughs> yeah. he's in a smoking robe. A lot of Ian leg in the second episode. Once again, a room of the TARDIS we still have never seen is the closet. Yeah. The, the wardrobe ridiculous is ridiculous wardrobe closet that I want to get an adventure. Well, yeah. that's the thing that was kind of great Just in about... the closet itself, running around in the closet. That would be hilarious. Mutated moths. I mean, I think that's... Dude, that's, that's, <laughs> that'd be great. That was the thing about the, that was kind of great about this episode, because it was a bottle episode limited to just TARDIS sets, they spent a lot of time in, like, a secondary room in the TARDIS, which you never see in modern day, who... Like, except that's for, true. Like, it, with some few exceptions when there's, like, a thing stuck on the TARDIS and you just see corridors. Usually, yeah, you see hallways. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, you don't really see another room other than the main room. 
And that's something I would like to see in Modern Who. Is like I'd like to see. Like, that's what, true. It's what kind of like of fun stuffs in that TARDIS. The Doctor kind of has the it set up. Swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. you got a play box. <laughs> he has it set up like a loft, where it's like, yeah. especially today, like the Capaldi one is like the one area which is like the fireplace and the bookshelf, and he has chalkboards over here, and he has the control panel space, and then like the uh, he has areas, yeah. but it's all one room. It's like having a mansion and living in like three rooms of it. And the rest <laughs> of them just kind of gather dust and occasionally get cleaned by the maid. Living in the foyer. Does he yeah. have a bedroom? <laughs> does he? Uh, well, we, does we saw he the beds. Sleep? We saw those cool pull down beds. That's where they are. That's, yeah. that's why you never see the doctor's bedroom because he literally just will walk up to the yeah. wall. He'll walk up to one of the round things today. Just like, and there, <laughs> there was like a weird, like, art in the corner as well like did you see that it was like a weird like yeah sculpture. well that was the thing i had to keep, i had looked at it like four times when yeah. the there was a the clock, clock, a, a clock something yeah. or other. but like they yeah, hadn't we really Dali up in here they hadn't really established the clock yet yeah. so when it melted i was like why is she yelling at the statue <laughs> <laughs> this horrifying sculpture simply appeared and we came back into the second episode and it turns out he wasn't choking the doctor he was pulling the doctor away from the yes. panel it was it was one of those classic misunderstandings. Cliffhanging. Yes. I'm going to yeah. help you in the most terrifying <laughs> way know. possible. You could have put your hand on his shoulder. Could have used one hand yeah, or like grab his, his arm. arm. Oh, use use your mouth voice. <laughs> you could just use your mouth voice and say stop it. <laughs> doctor, wait! Because yeah. that works really well with yeah, this doctor. That's true. It's that's basically, true. Doctor, no! Doctor, yes! Yeah, that's true. Probably. Wait for what? Click. So we find out that that, that panel is like dumb. That's, that's a dumb panel. You can't touch that panel. Because oh, yeah. everyone gets like an electric shock that apparently just affects them on the back of the neck, which I guess like is a central point of the spine. Yeah, so electrical signals could travel. I don't know if that's quite medically accurate, but it's the '60s, so yeah. they may not have had. It's creepy, and they wanted to make it creepy for the first and episode. It, yeah. and I think it also because that's where the vampires get you. Or, or I think it also yeah. maybe like opens up suspicion that people are hitting you from behind. That yeah, too. Like, like, Anything behind you, yeah, because you can't see the back of your neck. It's one of the places on your body that you have no way of looking at, mm-hmm. so you can't investigate it more on yeah. yourself. Um, which means you have to trust other people to For tell sure. you, and no one's trusting anyone. And on everyone, this TARDIS. everyone's trusting it. Like the, now we have the fault indicator going off, which <laughs> I swear I thought they were saying falticator yeah. <laughs> for like the first like. Until like the last time they said it, I swore I swore it was one word before well, before I'm... fault indicator. They said it was just the danger signal, though, <laughs> which is my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> like it's just an alarm that says there's danger about to happen. Well, and at the point with the melting clock, you know, Barbara looks at her watch and it's melted too, and she rips it off and throws <laughs> it. And all, I don't know if that was a musical cue or what, but I heard the cloister bell. Yeah, so it's like did she just throw her watch at the cloister bell? Yeah, I, I love the idea of being like, melting watch, just get rid of it. Fashion disaster! So dramatically throws the watch well, off. Well, Susan says, Susan has a great quote where she's talking about, like, time is, we had our t- we had time taken away yes. from us. And now it's being um, given back. And now it's being given back. Which, when you hear it, sounds like super awesome and really smart, and then when you think about it, it more, makes no sense. it doesn't make any sense. Again, it's like this week's episode in Modern Who. It's just yeah. like, oh, this is really cool! Wait, what? <laughs> the fridge logic sets in five minutes later and you realize there is no logic. But it sounds really intense. Oh, it does. It's artsy. Because they're feeling like they 
they can't tell where they are. They can't get it out the door quite well. When they open it up and they look outside, there's nothing. And not space, nothing. There's just, just nothing. nothing, nothing, which is terrifying. Like it, it, like Susan breaks when she sees that there's nothing outside. Although I thought it was weird that when they open the door, they get hit with light. Yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to darkness, the void is staring back or tan. So instead of well, I guess once we get the reveal, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, but, um, but like the, all this, they're talking about like the time and time going away, and that's why it's time. Sorry, Jesse, we'll yeah, come back sure. to what you're, yeah. to talk about iTunes. Do it. <laughs> um, hey guys. Thank you so much. Don't skip over this. I know it's we know you hear it every week, but it's important. Um, thank you so much for listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, however you're finding this, whether you're in your car or your home or you're on a bike or you're on a plane or you're on a submarine. I don't know where you are. You could be anywhere. They could be on a submarine, mm-hmm. for all we know. Do they have Wi-Fi in submarines? And please don't watch videos in your car, guys. Well, no, listening. <laughs> listening. Yeah. We are also an audio podcast. This yeah. is true. Um, but, yeah, so, guys... We the fact that you listen to us means the world to us, and we want to make this the best show that we can for you. And we need your help to do that. Bottom line, and there's a few different ways that you can help us. The first and the one you hear every week is on any afterbus show you listen to is go on to iTunes and hit us with a rating and a review. It really does help us. It helps the networks that we're doing these shows about see that these are serious podcasts with big fan bases, and that's how we get special guests in the studio. That's how we keep the lights on in the studio. All that stuff. How sponsors find us. And that's a big deal. The other way you can help us is by going to podcastone.com. That's podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, one O-N-E, just spell out, podcastone.com. And go on there and give, there's a quick survey. It'll just take you a few minutes to go through. And it'll just help us find out what it is that you want to see, what you like seeing, what you don't like seeing. And that helps the network grow and get better. And it's the only way that we can make these the the best shows for you. And your voices can be heard the loudest. So go to podcastone.com. All right. Jesse, you were making a point. Before. Well, yeah, well, all of these warning lights are going off, and the doctor's like, so usually when there's something bad that happens, uh, one light goes off, and it tells me exactly what's wrong with the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. It's like, all of the lights are on. Yep. Which means we're, we're on the point of disintegration, <laughs> which is never a sentence you want to hear. Uh, and he's immediately like... And he just turns like a like he just went from accusing everyone and being like you're trying to sabotage. And as soon as he saw those lights, he immediately turned and was like, "We have to fix this problem. It wasn't you. I'm sorry." That he didn't even say, "I'm sorry." He was just like, "It wasn't you." And then Ian is like, Ian like confronts him about drugging them, and he's like, "Oh, you caught on to my mischief." It's like drugging your <laughs> friends is not mischief. It's the sixties. For by the doctor's standards, though, I, I think guess. it is. He straight up roofied them. I guess. Like it's just like such a weird thing where and like Ian's totally cool with it. He's like, Yep, I caught on to your little tricks. <laughs> it was a more innocent time. I guess. Well, and they're also still lying to the women. We have ten minutes. Actually, we have five minutes. Don't tell them. Death will come swiftly <laughs> and unknown. At this point, like, why lie and say ten minutes inst- and instead say an hour or two? Like, why would you? T- ten minutes is still a terrifying. Yeah, amount of it's time. not gonna. You're not gonna have time to process, and you, <laughs> they don't. You don't even give them that like last minute of like, I have to tell you, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, if you're gonna lie, just tell him that everything's fine, and then like be like, yeah. we've got five minutes. And just <laughs> they're just more worried than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Well, instead, he, he's like, it's five minutes. <laughs> One hour will not give you the amount of hustle required that five supposedly ten minutes sure. will. It's true. Sure. Also, there's about ten minutes left in the episode, so... Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. true. Okay. Um, the last five minutes is just the pieces of the TARDIS floating But then, space. this is where... End series. <laughs> but now, this is where they, like, finally start to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And the doc... Then, like, they, they start piecing together the images. Yeah, well, the column moves. Yes. And that freaked everyone out. I didn't quite understand why it freaked everyone out. Yeah, until it, they started talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And then the doctor does a dramatic, like, all... All of them are looking directly at the camera, and the doctor turns directly to the camera, and they're like, that will be our end. And everyone is staring directly at the camera. I'm like, that's awesome. Great I work. mean, I like, <laughs> I love it, because he's talking about, like, the, they, 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 he goes into the images, like, oh, it's yeah. England, and then a planet, and then a solar system, and then, like, so when we left Scaro, we basically threw that whole, like, I clicked this button that said, um, oh, what did it say? Uh, it was the go back, the yeah, jump yeah. back, jump back. But like yeah. it was the it was the it was the return call. Like it's like the star sixty nine. Star sixty nine. Fast return. Thank you. Fast return button. Um, yeah. Pretty sure you can find that on a remote. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, totally. well, before before that, he thinks that they're at the beginning of a solar system. Like that's yeah. the magnetic. Like, well, that's that, what that's what happened. Is uh, they he hit the fast return and yeah. they went. But he hit it so much, like it because it got yeah. stuck. Like well, the spring broke. It's back to the beginning of the universe or beginning of time. I thought. I think today that's what it would have been. Okay. But at the time, the Big Bang theory didn't exist. Interesting. Oh. Am I? Do I have that time right? I'm pretty sure that Stephen Hawking had not dropped the uh, the Big Bang theory on us. Yeah. Yet. He was keeping at that it to point. himself. Selfish um, <laughs> but like, so this is—it's the solar system forming. So yeah. they still have the idea, like, because Einstein's the theories about um, gravity coming together and pulling and making mass, and that's yeah. how the universe. What where they where they are is at the center of our sun, as our sun is forming. Well, yeah, that's, that's not a good place to hang. He out. had that no. sweet monologue again, like great lighting on him, and just like talking about like that dust then collects and becomes planets, and those planets surround a, a star, and that star is a sun, and like, just like looking directly at the camera again, not talking to the people in the room. Yes, like, well, well, because uh, you have to also, also have to remember that this was, in the 60s, a children's yeah, program, yeah. Like, and where today, it's just for, for fun, like, they're not really going out to make it educational. Yeah. It was considered educational at the time, and this is one of the biggest examples of yeah. it. This is Bill Nye the Doctor Guy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd want. Uh, we should nominate Bill Nye to be a doctor. That'd oh, be that'd, be awesome. Awesome. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Cool. I would watch that he TV has, program. He has the proper neck equipment yeah, he does. Does. for the job. Um, and a lab coat. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. He could. Be, he could be like the combination of Smith and like Capaldi's, like the mad scientist <laughs> of Capaldi, like put into the, like the friendliness of Smith. That's, That's Bill Nye. <laughs> uh, but yeah. It anyway, turns, it turns out you just had a like this was all just a button not working, like a button not going back up. It was just them just going back in time continuously. And, uh, but it's then, like losing the escape key on your laptop. Exactly, it's like, like that being held down. Your laptop's going to freak out. And yeah. you won't, 
I work tech support for my day job. And it was so. and it was like the simplest fix in the world. Like you just like popped it open. Yeah. And it was just like, oh yeah, I j- all I have to do is just like reverse this, and he like put it back in, and it stopped. Well, he talks about. I mean, and again, like it's he talks about how it's such a complicated object, like yeah. the TARDIS, like such a big thing in the universe can all be brought down it can mount to nothing yeah by the tiniest little thing going wrong yeah that and the idea of the tardis warning them like at first like like they uh especially barbo's like maybe the tardis has been trying to when she was putting together the clues it was like maybe the tardis is trying to tell us something and like I, I guess that's the first time the TARDIS has been mentioned as like a thinking thing. Yeah, I mean it's like if only yeah. I had a clue, and it's like we've yeah. had nothing but clues. The TARDIS has been telling us this entire time, mm-hmm. that, which was really, which was really kind of cool to see. They talk about the power of the TARDIS yeah. as a thing, as like an entity, yeah. and that's what we would eventually get to know. The as, heart of the TARDIS, yeah, the, the heart, heart of the TARDIS, the, TARDIS, the time yeah. vortex, like yeah. all that stuff roots to this episode and that's what's so fascinating about going back through these episodes we get to see like the building blocks yeah. and immediately afterwards Ian is okay with everything that happened uh, but there's that great <laughs> shot of like he fixes everything and the camera goes over and you see Ian and Barbara just kind of sitting there and Barbara is so upset and just like really frowny and not happy and like the doctor comes over and like tries to apologize and Ian's like yeah cool and Barbara like gets up and leaves. She is not happy. Still. <laughs> Barbara out. Yeah, and uh, and can you really blame her? No, she was upset. And the doctor goes over to talk to her, and he's like, "I guess your intuition like beat out my logic this time." And he's like, "You're very clever," and like like giving her all these compliments. She's not okay with it until Susan comes in with a coat. And it's like we've landed here, and it's the, a winter planet. And the There's doctor, snow. the doctor gives her a coat, and immediately Barbara's like, "I'm cool again. Like, just give this girl a yeah, coat, and she's, she's fine." Like, that's all she needed yeah. was a coat, man. She the sixties. If a girl is angry with you, give her clothing. This is terrible relationship <laughs> advice. Don't take it. Great Doctor Who advice. The though. Doctor has been terrible <laughs> at relationships. This is one of those things that does not change. <laughs> Um, and I, by the way, guys, I looked it up, and I was so wrong really? about the Big oh, Bang Theory. Um, really? It's, like, the first, like, the first, the term Big Bang, like, real, even goes back to, like, 1949. Oh. Um, but they hadn't proved anything yet, so I wonder if it was, like, a mitigating. Yeah, probably. There's, like, the middle ground, because they didn't want to, like, throw out, like, some, essentially, be, like, talking about string theory well, today. Well, Pluto was also still a planet at the time, so. Was it? Either way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, so but either way, they're at the they're they, they're teaching the gravity theory. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. which is great. Um, but yes, yeah, so, then they go out and there's there's the snow. Uh, also, Yay! the doctor Susan runs in with the snowball and Barbara. The, do- the doctor did something very uh, very like manipulative, where he's like, maybe you know you you wouldn't have recognized those clues and worked so hard if I hadn't accused you of betraying me. Like he basically takes credit <laughs> for her comp- like solving the mystery. I'm going to like, give you the standard non-apology. <laughs> yeah, it was like you know I pushed you for and and it, it forced your ingenuity. I believe is what he said. It's like what a jerk. The doctor's a jerk. Details <laughs> yeah. at eleven. Like, we geez. must look after you. You know you're very vulnerable. <laughs> is the quote <laughs> I wrote down. Uh, uh, like, uh, but like, and this is just the beginning of the Doctor's reliance on his companions. Yeah. Like this is again, like we talked about a little bit, but it's really the 
the show coming together with all of its characters. Exactly, the Doctor, yeah. the Doctor's companions, and the TARDIS. Yeah. Those three things are what make Doctor Who Doctor Who. Yeah. And he now we have that all long of them. without companions. Sonic screwdriver as well. We got a flashlight. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we kind of got it a little we, bit. We, we kind of got and he was like if I if I hold it down then it stays. They had to explain the thing that I feel like I feel like they didn't have to explain the button thing cuz after oh, no, they I solved needed it, it. Okay. Because after they I solved it, it, it was like, if I press on it, you see, it stays on, and then I release, and it goes on. But what if there was a spring that didn't work, and it would stay on forever? Like, but that's, like, again, like, the 60s, we have a much greater understanding of technology that's today. True. Whereas yeah. that's, like, com- like, oh, yeah, the button gets stuck. It's like when you're, it's because yeah. like, with people with computers, your keyboard gets jammed, and, like, just go, yeah. you understand. Right, yeah, in the 1960s. People. They didn't have computers. There was a, you, anything mechanical was, yeah. right, was, like, very complicated. And a lot of times a torch would have a switch and not a button. <laughs> if you're in England, you call have it a torch. Have you never had a flashlight that had a switch instead of a button? I've had some. I was going to say, didn't you grow up in the 90s? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Switch flashlights. They were still a thing. That's and true. The, but, but this is like, the because we don't get a Sonic for like... A while. A long four time. Do, Like how... Uh, doctors and doctors like yeah. later. I don't remember if it was... Somewhere, but, was but it three? they'll know, and I'm going to get some I crap feel like for that. Doctor Three, because I've seen the third. I think it's I the think third it was, Doctor yeah. Sonic that they've started making. I think toys it was the third. Now. I think you're right. So I think it's uh, yeah. But Doctors always had like gadgets. Oh yeah. Like even yes. even this Doctor, I mean, had some stuff with him. So like I feel like that's like leading up to the Sonic, where it's like let's just give him a universal thing instead of a multi a multiple tools, a a lot of tools. Yeah, and the, a and multi-tool the, a multi-tool instead of all of the tools. Yeah. and just like, but you do get that nice moment of like he's opening it up and yeah. like he reaches in yeah, and, and pulls puts it, it in, out. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and you think like, I'm like, that's not that can't be a uh-uh. Sonic. That doesn't fit at all with what I know of Doctor. <laughs> it looked like it was though at first. Like it's it's lighting up and like he's pressing a thing. I was like, oh, that's so cool. But uh, it's you know, a flashlight with a spring yeah. to explain but, to the children and the audience that hasn't been following along. Yeah, you know the, the exactly modern the modern doctors don't have a flashlight on their screwdrivers. <laughs> it just glows lightly. That's true. Well, the modern doctors also don't have to explain something that could conceivably work in the real world. They <laughs> yeah. just kind of. Techno babble it out and reverse the polarity of the neutron flow, and then hey, it works. yeah, they just reverse the light bulb polarity or something but, and turn it on because that works. But overall, I really, I really like this episode. It was fun. It was, it was creepy. It was the simplicity of it yeah. made it great, and that's one of the things is like be, because they were forced to be in one location. It was a very creative episode in terms yeah. of the writing, which is a, a, a David Whitaker. This is his first uh, his first episodes, but he would go on to write a number of of Doctor Who stories, including several Dalek stories and stuff like and that. I, and I think comparing it to last week's Modern Who, like, the difference between coincidence and motivation, like, everything everything that happened that forced fear and kind of forced the story had motivation behind it, where coincidence doesn't have anything behind it. Yeah. So I, I, thought, I thought the storytelling was very well done in this. You're right. It's very much like... Something went wrong with yeah. the TARDIS, but they didn't know what it was, so they bl- they didn't have anyone else to blame, so they blamed each other. Yeah. By blaming each other, they then figured out what the problem was. Through development. Through development, yeah. 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 But not like, oh, we accidentally wound up in this new place. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Um, but also, I just, I love, I love the way this show was shot. I thought, I thought a lot of the scenes, and like, 
I like the time that 60s television takes on scenes. Because there were times where, like, people would have dialogue and they'd be done with it and the camera would still stay on them. And it would just, you would just kind of see moments before and after lines would happen. And it kind of makes it feel more lived in more, and more, more active. More like it's a real situation. Yeah. And especially in yeah. episode like this, it makes it feel more tense. Yeah, exactly. Like drawing out those long pauses is how you build tension yeah. on television. Yeah, and and there were some beautiful shots in it. Like I was talking about like the knife with the shadow behind it. If you've got this episode or you got you can find it on Hulu Plus or if you have it on VHS. Uh uh, go back and see that first scene with Susan with the um, the scissors because the the play of the shadow behind them is really freaky looking, like legitimate like Hitchcock scary like yeah. uh, like shadow play. It's really cool. It's well done. And uh, so, guys, do you guys have any last thoughts on this episode before we wrap it up? I like the first half. Second half was odd. Yeah, yeah, it, it felt. Uh, I like seeing the doctor be mean to them. Like, <laughs> like for me, it was like, oh man, he could kill these people. They're on an alien spaceship, and he could at any moment just like be like, sorry, you're you're extra weight. It was them. a great reminder of like the fact that they don't they didn't ask the uh, Ian and Barbara did not ask for this. Yeah, they found they found themselves there by accident, and nobody's happy about it. Yeah. For right now, and this is and there's but the doctor's starting to become more okay with the idea. Yeah. And they're having fun. And we leave it off with Bigfoot. But next week, we're going to be tackling the Aztecs. Um, I don't know. The next episode was Marco Polo. I don't mm. know if that's that one's. I think that one might be one of the ones that's missing pieces um, yeah. of the stories. Yeah. So, But we're going to jump to the Aztecs after this. And then we were going to do the chase so that you guys can keep up. We were going to do the chase, but um, the, Daleks invade, the Daleks invasion of Earth. I had a number of people uh, saying you can't do the chase before you do Invasion of the Daleks. That sounds awesome. Or Daleks Invasion of Earth, whatever the episode's called. But So we will get to that one before we move forward and before we get to the 10th planet and all that stuff. But next week, the Aztecs here on Doctor Who Classics. Katie Cullen, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Kiaxet. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on the Attack on Titan, Sword Art Online, and uh, Z Nation panels on Sunday. This lovely panel on Wednesday nights. And Ruby every other Thursday. You can find Tari on Twitter at T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. And Megan at The Manguin. T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, we have I'm other so sorry. I'm so panel. sorry. Tari and Megan couldn't join us this week, but they will be back. Uh... Yep. Jesse, where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find me uh, at JessKlein1, J-E-S-S-K-L-E-I-N, the number one. Uh, you can find me on the Doctor Who uh, podcast here on Mondays. And that's it for now. <laughs> uh, and I'm Zach Wilson. You guys can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at ThatZachWilson. And also here at AfterBuzz, I'm doing, i got a bunch of fall shows come back. Sleepy Hollow comes back next week. I'm going to be jumping on that panel. The Strain on Sundays. I got uh, Grace Point. Uh, with David Tennant coming up soon. Uh, Grim, Resurrection, a bunch more. I'm sure I'll remind you all soon. Uh, so I'm Zach Wilson, and thanks for geeking out with us. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later.
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.